Bible trails The Son of God, He is near He chose to walk with us These tribal trails Tribal trails tribal Hello and welcome to Tribal Trails. On today's program, we have some returning guests. First, David Lilly is back with another Bible lesson for us. Once again, he will use his Métis culture and history as illustrations. This time, he's going to talk about Red River carts. Later, Irene Savisky will join us to follow up on what David has taught. She will share her experience with carts as well as how she served the Lord on a mission trip. Let's begin by heading to Big Valley, Alberta to meet up with David. I'm standing in front of a replica of the famous Red River cart. It was a vessel used by the Métis people to transport various goods across the prairies in the 1800s. The construction of this vehicle was very simple, using only wood parts and leather straps no nails were used in the original versions of the Red River cart. Instead, the wheels were put together with wooden pegs and, again, straps. Uh, buffalo hides were used uh, to provide extra comfort for long traveling uh, across the prairies. So, as you can see, Red River carts were constructed in a, using a very simple um, uh, blueprint. Basically, it's a box on wheels. And again, as I mentioned, uh, the first uh, Red River carts that were built in the Red River area in, in what is uh, Manitoba, southern Manitoba, they, uh, they were built, they were constructed not using any nails or conventional tools. They were very simply put together. And in fact, the wheels... And the wheelbase, again, uh, used things like leather straps to hold the spokes in places. And uh, my dad and his, his dad, who was born in 1881 and remembers uh, growing up in the Red River, he remembers uh, the sound of those carts traveling across the prairie. You could hear them for miles. They were so loud and those wheels were squeaky. And uh, the only thing they had to do uh, to use to grease the, way, the wheels was the uh, animal fat from, from buffalo. But uh, apparently you could hear the sound of those wheels from many, in many directions for long distances. You'll notice the front part of the Red River cart. There's two carrying handles. And many of the Métis people were, were poor, humble people, and uh, they didn't have um, access to some of the, the, the uh, great horses and, uh, on the plains that uh, their First Nations cousins had. And so a lot of these carts were, were carried uh, and uh, transported from place to place by either uh, just being strapped, men, burly men, Métis men, being strapped to the handles and carrying it themselves with all their belongings on the back, 
or they would use an animal like a, like a bull or, um, you know, whatever they had you know, with them. So it, it wasn't uncommon for, uh, for Métis men to uh, be used as beasts of burden uh, to carry these carts themselves. And uh, needless to say, when, uh, when Métis people set out to go to uh, another place, to go and visit family in, in another community, um, they took their time. And again, over the winter months, when the temperatures became dropped and it was uh, not safe to travel, they would add buffalo hides to the carts to provide extra warmth and comfort for those long trips. Again, these carts were used for many purposes and uh, not only to transfer uh, buffalo hides and, and meat and everything associated with the buffalo trade, but they were used to haul uh, furniture and uh, even pregnant women were brought to a community where there would be need of a, of a doctor to deliver a difficult baby and uh, they would use this, this was their vessel. The Red River cart was a crucial part of the Métis culture for, for many, many years. And uh, today there's only a few um, replicas left uh, reminding us of, of that part of our, our history as a people, as a nation, when we relied on these vessels to carry our goods and our furniture and, and our buffalo hides and, and meat and, uh, and all the things that were necessary for survival on the plains. Today I want to talk to you again from the Word of God about uh, this area of being a vessel for the Lord's use. And we're going to look at three different examples of vessels used by God. So again, a vessel is something that's used to carry uh, certain things from one place to another. It's a, a means of transportation. It's sort of the U-Haul of the, of the prairies. Uh, th this was as common as U-Hauls today, going to various parts of uh, the country and, and traveling between cities, carrying all of people's uh, uh, treasures and, uh, and precious goods. Today we're going to look at three examples. The first one is found in Luke chapter 19, verses 29 to 38. And it came to pass, when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice, for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. 
In this example, the donkey or the colt was used to carry the Lord into Jerusalem in order to preach the message of salvation during Holy Week. It's important to remember that at the start of Holy Week, the people were laying palm leaves, palm branches on the ground before the Lord, and uh, they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The people were uh, thrilled to have Jesus come to the city, and um, they spoke highly of him with great favor. And yet the Gospels record that within a few short days, those crowds that were yelling Hosanna would be yelling, crucify him, crucify him. The second example of being a vessel for the Lord's use is the cross itself. Matthew chapter 27, verses 27 to 32. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. The final hours of Jesus' life, after he had appeared before Pilate, and uh, the people were yelling and uh, calling for his, uh, his execution. Pilate, uh, taking a, a, a wash bowl, washed his hands in water and said, let this man's uh, blood, uh, you know, I'm washed clean. I'm not responsible. Uh, the people will decide this man's fate. And so we read in the Gospels that Jesus was taken out of the city to a place called Mount Calvary. And it was there that he was nailed to a cross and, uh, and hung up for the world to see. And uh, he did this. He did this for you and I because he loves us. And so the cross was used at this point to be a vessel to carry Christ's body, which had been beaten and bruised and pierced for our sins to the place of execution called Mount Calvary. This became the second vessel used of the Lord. And then finally, number three, the third example was the empty tomb. Luke chapter 24, verses, four, verses 1 through 8. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, and certain other women with them, came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, 
Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Jesus was hung up on the cross and left to die. We call that, uh, we call that Good Friday. And Jesus, even as Jesus prophesied, he said the man would, be, uh, would die for the sins of you and I. And yet on the third day, God would raise him from the dead. And so in this example, the empty tomb becomes the vessel for the Lord's use. The grave could not contain Jesus. He rose from the dead and he once and for all settled the fact that he has the power and the authority to grant us eternal life if we'll put our faith and trust in him. You know, I'm told that by powerful satellites in outer space, scientists have been able to uh, trace the trails made by these Métis carts, these Red River carts across the prairies. And again, Métis people traveled with all their belongings, all their wealth, and they went from place to place. A lot of them left the Red River section of Manitoba and settled in other par parts on the prairies. Many of them ended up in, in a place called Batoche in Saskatchewan. And after the 1885 uprising, uprising, many of them went further west. And even today, there are many of our Métis people and ancestors and relatives that are living in BC, out on the west coast. But again, when they made that trek 150 years ago, they made that trek traveling in the Red River cart. It was the vessel that they used. I've given us three examples today of vessels that the Lord used for various purposes. And now I want to ask this question. Will you and I become vessels for the Lord's use in this generation? May the Lord bless this teaching. In Jesus' holy name, amen. There is a candle in every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes his home.
see how he's tried to light his own candle some other way. See now your sister, she's been robbed and lied to. She still holds a candle, but without a flame. So carry your candle, run to the darkness, seek out the lonely, for the tired and the warm. Hold out your candle for all to see. Take your skirts are a symbol of resilience, sacredness, and survival, and is not bound by one tribe. It identifies you as an Indigenous woman. My name is Irene Savisky, and I am proud to be a Métis woman. I always wondered, can God use me as a vessel somewhere in His work? Psalms 37.4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. In the early 80s, I came to know the Lord. I always wanted to go on a mission trip. But who was I? I wasn't a missionary. I wasn't a pastor. I wasn't anyone special. How could God ever use me to do His work? But He did begin to mold me and grow me into the woman I am today. In 2005, I had the opportunity to go on a Métis wagon trek. I joined the last leg of a two-year journey from the Red River Settlement in Manitoba to Batoche, Saskatchewan. I drove a team of horses, I built a covered wagon, and I took this challenge. I loved camping outdoors and was no stranger to hard work. So I traveled for eight days with this trek. Every night we camped, a person from Parks Canada or an elder would come and tell us the stories of the battles that had happened in this area and about the people. Many of the people that I met on that trip had ancestors that had been a part of these battles and were buried in the cemeteries that we had passed. A Métis cross now, for you who do not know what a Métis cross looks like, it's a cross with a wagon wheel in it, had been carried from Manitoba and stands in the cemetery at Batoche today. God had given me the strength and the endurance to last these days, but most important, He had taught me that I should be proud of my Métis heritage. That strength carried me on to my next adventure that God had for me. Ten years later, in 2015, I went on the mission trip I had asked God for so many years earlier. It was in God's time, not mine. While reading a mission bulletin on the internet, Lemus International was looking for a first aid instructor. I had taught first aid for 15 years. God had prepared me for this mission. 
But how was it all going to come about? I contacted Lemus International, but they did tell me that I would be going to Nairobi, Kenya by myself, not in a team. But I wouldn't be alone. God would travel with me. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do anything through him who gives me strength. So with my three prayer partners, we lifted up this mission to God. And God was so faithful. In less than four months, everything fell into place. My flight was booked and paid for. My training completed. I had raised funds for first aid equipment, for sports equipment, topical Bibles, concordances for the pastors I would meet, and I had 600 pairs of reading glasses for the people of Kenya. I also took 200 salvation bracelets so I would have the opportunity to speak to the people about the love of Jesus and salvation. January 6, 2015, I left Saskatoon, Saskatchewan and flew 50-some hours to Nairobi, Kenya. I did run into a few unexpected situations. First is when I landed in Paris. My flight to Nairobi had been cancelled. So after several hours, I was rerouted to Dubai. That flight would add another 10 hours onto my flight, but the Lord was with me and it allowed me to see beautiful country. The next glitch was MasterCard. Much to my surprise, MasterCard had suspended their service to Kenya by the time I got there because of the unrest in this country. No one would cash traveler checks. So I was going to be in a country for five weeks with little or no access to money. But I prayed. I knew God had the solution. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And once again, God was faithful. My son was able to send money through the mission by PayPal. God is so good. Now my work began. Kabira slum is more than a million people, and it's not the only slum in Nairobi. I taught first aid in the mornings at the New Life Restoration Ministries. New Life was also an orphanage and home to 70-plus kids. I trained the older youth to help me for testing people for glasses. They were my interpreters and quickly learned how to test people for the right prescription that they needed. These glass workshops were done in the afternoon. Some days, however, the big boys, the older ones in the mission there, took me out to the open market, and we would have the opportunity to hand out salvation bracelets. Everybody wanted one, so we got to share the salvation story. They learned about the love that God had for them and how their sins could be forgiven and where they could spend eternity. It was a wonderful part of my journey. And when I got to meet those people, it was just so special. Catherine, a counselor at New Life, was my travel companion when I traveled to Kisi in the southern part of Kenya. We would be gone for a week. However, we had to travel through Norwalk, where there were protests going on. 
but I prayed, God is my refuge and strength in every present help in trouble. Outside of Kesey is Holiness Children Orphanage Center. It is operated by New Life Restoration Ministries. I did my first aid training in the church, and it was so full, people were hanging inside the windows. The glass workshops I did under a canopy of eucalyptus trees. By noon the second day, I had run out of all the lower prescription glasses and only had very strong glasses left. But I prayed, God, only send those people who need those high prescriptions. And that's exactly what he did. God was so faithful. Every night, I listened to gospel music as I fell asleep. God put the song through it all in my heart. That song sums up all that had, I had experienced in this trip. Thank you to David and Irene for sharing with us. It was interesting to learn about Red River Carts and beneficial to learn about serving the Lord. We hope today's program has inspired you to be a vessel for the Lord. If you have any questions about serving God or about your relationship with Him, please contact us and we'd be glad to help. God bless. I've had questions for tomorrow There's been times I didn't know right from wrong But in every situation God gave blessed consolation He only gave me trials to make me strong I've been Faces, there's been times I felt so all alone. But in those lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus let me know I was His own. Through it all. God through it all through it all oh I've learned to depend upon his word so I thank God for the for the valleys and I thank him for the storm he brought me through for if I never had a problem I wouldn't know that God could solve them I'd never know what faith in God could do 
I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all. 